some research when when I Is Joan there? Joan. Okay, he asked me to like step up if he uh, if he was gone. So hey, hey everybody, I'm Mike. This is uh, what is this show called? Geeks Against the Grain. Uh, I'm joined by Tia and Dom and eventually Joan. Uh, what's going on, guys? Uh, everything's good. I'm excited to actually get this show on the road. Yeah, we've had some technical problems here, and uh, we're we're trying to just kind of go along with it as it is. Uh, I guess today we're going to be talking about when it's okay or not okay, I guess, to go to rebooting a, a series or a franchise, uh, recasting maybe, uh, when it's okay to uh, have a remake or, or two. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of debate over this over the years because, you know, some have worked out. You know, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now because I was not expecting to be doing an opening right now. <laughs> and then we've had some that didn't work out, uh, like, a, like like the Ghostbusters movie or something like that. So, um I think Jawan's back now. Are you back, Jawan? Yes, I am. Thank you so much, Mike. Um, no by the way, anyone listening, don't ever worry about Sprint sponsoring us because I, they're the devil. Um, <laughs> they're really horrible. Um, but yes, yes, thank you, Mike, uh, for, for opening. Uh, I don't even know where to go because I have no idea what you said so far, but we'll just take it from, um, yes, this show is going to be about us talking reboots, remakes, recastings, and as you said, Mike, when it's okay for Hollywood to um, actually do these. We've seen it wor- uh, work a few times. We've seen it be horrible a lot of times. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see what everyone's takes are. Um, one of the more recent, um, I guess not necessarily reboots, but retellings and continuations um, is I'm a huge fan of the Saw series. Um, I think it went maybe six too much. Uh, six too many, rather. Um, but the the retelling or the continuation of the movie Jigsaw um, that kind of takes up where you left off, uh, I thought was really good. Uh, I'm I had a good time interested, with it. Yeah, so I'm now interested in seeing what else they can tell us of this world because um, I don't necessarily need you to reboot it. Like, if you're telling me you're done telling this story, just don't ever touch the franchise again, um, for, or at least for, like, another 10, 15 years. Um, but if you're going to continue this story, it now revamped it because seven was bad, six was bad, five was bad. I thought three was like the, the you know, where it kind of felt like, all right, where else can you guys go? Four, I was like, okay. And then five, six, seven, I was just like, whoever said to keep doing these is dead wrong. One of them was in 3D, so obviously that's a bad idea. Um, but, um, so, I mean, that's just one example of where it kind of feels like it works. Um, but Mike, I'll start off with you. Um, again, I don't even know if we introduced everyone, um, but I'm going to go to you first. I'll introduce everyone as I go to them. Um, I'll go to you. What would you like to start with? Like, what are some of the, the things reboot wise, remake wise, or recasting wise, do you think Hollywood sometimes gets wrong? 
a lot of people from my generation or my age, I'm 40 in case anybody wonders. Uh, so most people my age are like, no, because, you know, it's all the movies from our childhood that are getting the reboot and the, the remake treatment now. And they're all like, no remakes, no reboots. And then I start looking at it. And I, I'm kind of different because I'm like, look, guys, I loved Clash of the Titans when I was a kid. But you know what? It needed a remake because the technology wasn't quite there when they tried to make that movie. So I was OK. I know that nostalgia plays a huge factor in stuff like this. And you know what you love in your childhood, you might think is a great movie. Like, like a friend of mine thinks The Wizard, that movie with Fred Savage is like great. I'm like, dude, that is a terrible, terrible movie. You know, if you take off the nostalgia glasses, it's a bad movie. So I think remakes, reboots are okay when they aren't just like a cash grab or maybe the technology is there now that it used to be. But then there's something like, do you want to remake Back to the Future? Why? It was done right the first time. Why do you want – all you're going to do is set it up to fail like that Ghostbusters movie because all you're going to do is just upset a bunch of people who felt like there was nothing wrong with the original version. And then you can't decide, well, is it a sequel? Is it a prequel? Is it a remake? Is it a reboot? Just kind of be clear with the fans up front. We talked a little bit before the show started that like you know that you're doing fan service to the people who were there the first time, not just kind of making it for uh, the, the new new audiences only. So you've got to make sure that you please those and you make it accessible for for the newer audiences. So I think there has been an instance with a lot of remakes or reboots now that come out, and if it's met with any kind of negative reaction, the studios or the filmmakers have just like lashed out at the fans, and I think that's really a bad business model. So I think you know, gauge, see how people are feeling about it. You know that these properties are big names. Like, guys, we're not going to quit making Terminator or Indiana Jones movies. That's a big name property. They're going to keep making them. I think what people in my generation just want is for them to be handled with care. Like, we didn't want another Karate Kid, but you know what? That Cobra Kai series came out, and it's been handled with such care that we're all about it. We love it. Now it's made us optimistic that they can actually do this with some of our older series, and you know, so. Uh, if they're going to make um, this Indiana Jones 5 that I saw in the Disney Star Wars release schedule that they just put out, I called it Disney Star Wars because there was a Star Wars movie every five minutes. Uh, <laughs> I don't want 79-year-old Harrison Ford. Uh, I either want this to be a Passing the Torch movie or I want this to be a uh, Harrison Ford is narrating of his younger adventures kind of thing, and that's where we get like a recasting. I know they're not going to stop making these movies, but it's time for a recasting in Indiana Jones, so I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it, yes. Harrison Ford will always be there for me. You know, I can always go back and watch those three movies. Yes, I said three movies. You know, so I, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. If we got to move on, just do it with care. That's when I think a remake or a reboot or a recasting is okay. Just do it with care. Yeah, I mean, my first thoughts would be <clears throat> for that Indiana Jones. Was it five, six, four thousand, however many? Um, well, four to I me, but five officially. Right. I'd be fine if they did, like you just said, Harrison Ford voicing his younger adventures with, um, uh, completely forgot, Chris Pine playing um, a younger Indiana Jones, like in his 30s. Uh, I'd be fine with that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think that would not only bring in new people, um, Harrison Ford voicing some of these adventures would bring in, um, you know, the, the, the fans from back in, in uh, Indiana Jones' uh, heyday. I think that'd be a great compromise. But then it's like, who do you get to direct it? Who do you get to write it? What's the tone going to be? Don't go serious because it seems like everything's going serious. Um, so it's just one of those things to where it's like, like you said, how do you handle it is what matters the most. I mean, I first thing I thought of when you were saying um, Indiana Jones is I thought Scarface was overrated. I thought that movie was 100% overrated, never could get past Al Pacino's um, accent. Couldn't couldn't figure out who he was supposed to be. Um, 
man. I might be leaving well, the show I, earlier than that, you guys. No, no, hold on, hold on. Bear with me. Bear with me. Bear with me. I do not think that has anything to do with Al Pacino's acting. I think he's in my top ten of actors. So don't think that I'm here shaming Al Pacino at all. So the point I was trying to make is when they said they were doing a remake in Los Angeles about Leonardo DiCaprio, a lot of people were like, no, don't touch it. Don't touch it. And I'm like, I'm sure people thought don't touch it because that Scarface was a remake. So it's like uh, your Juwan, generation. Did, you, did huh? you learn that from our last Geeks Against the Grain when I dropped that bit of information, or did you know that beforehand? I only knew it beforehand because my dad told me. When I told him about like Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio possibly doing another – I mean – possibly doing a remake of Scarface, he was like, well, Scarface is a remake. And I was like, shut your mouth. What? Like, <laughs> there's something that came before this? Um, and the original is not that bad. It's not that bad, actually. It's in black and white. Um, mm-hmm. But worth it if you if you don't mind black and white films, which I don't. But sorry to interrupt just saying that is actually a pretty decent movie. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't mind you interrupting at all. I'm, I'm glad you said it. I personally don't know if I would ever – go back and, and rewatch it. Um, but, you know, the, the point still is each generation has, has something of, of a reboot or a retelling or whatever that they hold dear. Um, and I don't think it's fair to just shut it off and say, I don't want the new generation to ever experience Casper or Jaws or anything like that. And it's like, well, no, that's a little selfish. Like, if it's done right, I, you know, they should experience what we got to. Um, because think about it, in 10 years, 10 years from now, think about telling someone that's 18 to go back and, and watch Godfather. And, like, I, I can't sit through this. We're telling someone to go back and watch Scarface. Like, how we view movies might be different. Um, how movies look. Like, I remember when High Definition first came around, it was just like, I can't, like, physically watch anything that's not High Definition. It hurts my eyes. Like, I've now been introduced to a higher level of watching television. Um, so it's like, it, it's one of those things where it's like, if someone told me they were redoing um, Godfather, but like Martin Scorsese was like at the helm of it, I'd be like, I don't know if you touch it, but it's like, I'm curious to see what you do with it. Like, who in that point is, is some of the bigger actors that you can grab in and put in in those roles? Um, Leo, by the way, I think could do an amazing um, Godfather. Uh, but that's besides the point. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I'm not of the mindset always that it's like, don't ever touch it. Because to me, I do think the youth should be more hit to what were great movies. So like 20, 30 years from now, you know, we could raise a generation that's making new, fresh, good movies because they've been exposed to what's a good movie. Like, think about this. And, and I'm going to pass it to you, uh, Tia. Think about this. Think about what this generation's biggest shark movie is, right? You have options. You can go Deep Blue Sea. You can go The Meg. The Meg. You can go um, Sharknado. Like, they don't know how great Jaws was. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think if they watched it now, they would truly appreciate it. So it's like, I'm not okay knowing that my little brothers and sisters will, will, you know, grow up thinking Deep Blue Sea was one of the greatest shark movies ever or um, The Meg, or Sharknado. Like, no, 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 no. You should experience what's a good shark movie, so then you know that those are bad shark movies. So You know what happens if you show this generation Jaws? They say it's boring. Right, right. right. I completely agree. But if they watch Deep Blue Sea, they would think it's one of the best things they've they've ever seen. It's like, no, like, 
God bless you, you know? So to me, that's what some of the benefits are of reboots, remakes, or, or recastings or reimaginations is that you can kind of show this newer generation, like, again, it could be us as, like, old people, like, oh, Deep Blue, she's horrible. But for them, they might really enjoy it. Um, so, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like you just want to pass down what you think is the best because we've known from generation to generation each generation says whatever the new music is, it's horrible. I can't, I can't listen to it. It's the worst thing I've ever heard. But the generation before you thought your generation's music was horrible. So we've experienced this, and it's one of the most annoying things to hear, like, a grandparent go, what is that you're listening to? I remember in my day, we didn't have music videos. They were only on the radio. We couldn't see them. We didn't know what they looked like. And it's like, all right, we get it. Like, your life was born, so, like, we have better <laughs> Um, but, yeah, I'll go to you. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on either reboots, remakes, or, or recastings? And do you think uh, developing reboots and stuff today is good for Hollywood? Or do you think they've had maybe one too many um, blunders that it's kind of like maybe new content is what you should focus on? Well, I have to say that um, – so I listen to everyone's podcast, right? And I was just listening to Mike's podcast this morning and where he mentioned Cobra Kai. So as soon as he brought it up, I was like, man, this guy really loves this show. He brings it up every chance that he gets. I respect that. I completely respect that. But, um, you know, the thing is that I think that with, say, uh, reboots and remakes, that they need to spread it out a little bit more. Like, I will always say that I loved the first Jurassic World. I thought it was an absolute wonderful callback to the first Jurassic Park that made not only us feel nostalgic, but gave a new uh, Jurassic experience to a newer generation that they can enjoy while still being faithful to the previous. Um, I really enjoyed the 2005 version of King Kong with Adrian Brody, well, Adrian Brody and Jack Black, um, but then there's certain things. It seems that every day we are just uh, reporting on new remakes and recasts and not recasts, but reboots and all that. And a little bit, it's too much. Spread it out a little more, but don't rely so heavily on making your market just remakes and relying on the fact, oh, well, we have this uh, movie that's a remake of a movie that came out 30 years ago, and people are fans, so they're obviously going to go back to the theater and watch the new one. I would like to see them uh, go into a little bit more of original content. One of the movies that I think may, that should not have, I don't know why, before we did this, I was just kept thinking about it, but the 2015 version of Fantastic Four absolutely did not need to get made at all. I don't know who even greenlit that because it was just a <laughs> terrible movie, um, and it didn't need to be made at all, and clearly they just decided not to do anything with it because it was so poorly done, and that happens at times. So that's kind of like my thoughts on really remakes and stuff. I like what you pointed out, Juwan, that it really does also depend on the cast and the director who's behind it, because I don't think that they should uh, even touch The Godfather. That's just not a movie that I feel like should be touched, but if they did, and you did attach someone like Martin Scorsese to it, I may be a little bit more inclined. It's not going to be at all the Al Pacino um, movie that 
we all kind of grew up on watching, but it may still be faithful just because you got the right people involved in it. But if they came out and said something like, I don't know, Guy Ritchie wasn't going to do The Godfather, be like, why? Why does this need to get made? So it really just kind of depends. Sometimes remakes and reboots work, and they're even better than the original, but most often than not, it just seems that they're severely lacking on source material. Like last week, Paola was saying how much she just thought that Dumbo fell flat. You know, what was the need to make that movie? We have the original animated cartoon. We didn't need a remake, and people's general consensus is that they didn't enjoy the movie. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Hollywood is relying a little too much on old material. Yeah, no, I I will go back to the, the point I made before. Like, me now, like, as you were talking, I was just picturing... Leonardo DiCaprio is like Don Corleone. And I was like, yes, like that could work. Do we need it? No, of course not. No, but if Martin Scorsese woke up one day and was like, you know what? I want to do a remake of The Godfather. And he cast Leo as Don Corleone, I wouldn't have any issues with it. None whatsoever. But like you said, if Guy Ritchie came out tomorrow and was like, you know what? I think I want to redo Godfather. I'd be like, you know what? I think I don't ever want to hear from you ever again. Like, don't speak, <laughs> don't breathe, do nothing. Uh, well, but yeah, and it's also like, and I keep saying this, guys, and you guys are going to laugh at me. I would have never had any sort of interest in a Sopranos prequel movie, but who did they get for it? John Bernthal, and I like Corey Stoll. So for me, already, I am interested in it. So it is depending on the cast. And now I'm thinking about it. Leo would do really well in that role. He'd be really good. I'm just saying, I don't, because if, even if people are like, well, he doesn't really, you know, can he do the look? And I'm like, what I think people don't understand is just nothing. Literally, think of something. There's nothing Leonardo DiCaprio can't do. I watched a great Gatsby the other day, and I was like, wait, wait, wait. Leonardo DiCaprio can break dance? Like, how is this guy <laughs> not married? Like, I will marry him. He is the perfect human being. Literally the perfect human being. And I'm like, this is just this is insane. And he only has one Oscar. This is the world we live in. He has one Oscar. And he wasn't even the best actor in that movie that he won. He for. wasn't. It, you no. know what I feel so bad about? I, I I remember saying he was not the best part of that movie. It was Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy got mm-hmm. snubbed from that Oscar. But still, if that if you're telling me that uh, by the time Leonardo DiCaprio um his like He's done with acting. It's all said and done. If he only has that one Oscar, I'll take it. I'll take it. Not the one I would have given it to him for, but I'll take it. Um, but, yeah, to me, uh, casting is very important, and I think it's underrated um, in the sense of – excuse me. I'll give you a great example. Uh, I was just talking to Kanan about this. Um, Shazam didn't do well globally. Why? No one in China knows who Zachary Levi is. That's no disrespect to him. But no one overseas has no idea who this guy is. So that's why I said I was so angry that The Rock was um, Black Adam, uh, you know, mainly because if you had had any other big name as Black Adam and you kind of talked him into, even if it was just a cameo, just a cameo, but actually showed their face, that movie would have been a hit overseas. Because overseas, they click 
on what they recognized. That's why you not having Henry Cavill's face in it didn't help that movie, but you teasing his body. Like, no, 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 no. No, that, that does not help you. Um, star power matters overseas. So it's like casting is very important. Shazam works for us because it's like, oh, I might have seen Chuck, so I know this guy. Um, but over there, it's like, I don't think they're watching Chuck. Um, so it's like, who are you, like, who are you trying to grab globally with someone like this that no one knew? Um, so to me, it's, it's like casting is very important. You saying how John Berenthal, um could be in Barney and you'd go watch it, Tia. I agree yeah. with you. That is super important <laughs> because that's how I feel um, about a lot of actors. I kind of feel like you just, you tell me he's in it. He could just be the voice. And I'm like, I, I want to hear what he sounds like. So to me, that is very, very, very important. That's why I always say, excuse me, um, I always thought it was funny because anyone who has not seen Robert Pattinson's work outside of Twilight, um, please do. He's a really good actor. Um, I always thought if you were an agent for Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson, how is it after Twilight you didn't market them better to where you had a movie coming out every day? Like people had Twilight posters everywhere on their keychains, like somewhere in, in, in their visor, in their car. It was a Don't phenomenon. Me. No, no, no. <laughs> Hear me out, though. I'm saying it was such a huge phenomenon. How is it as an agent you didn't really just, like, take advantage of that? I'm like, there should have been a movie with either one of them, like, every other month to the point to where I'm just like, listen, I might kidnap them. I'm, I'm sick of seeing their face. Um, <laughs> It'll always just, be like, Cedric just, Diggory to me, so whatever. <laughs> Guys aren't Harry Potter fans? Okay. I'm not speaking more so to the movies. We can all agree we probably weren't fans of them. Um, I'm speaking more so to how important casting is and how at any point in time you could have just taken advantage of the hype that they that they were getting. Um, Dom, I'll go to you because I felt like I just talked for an hour. Uh, <laughs> your thoughts on reboots, remakes, and recastings. Like, do you think they're good for Hollywood or do you think they've had, like, a Gonna just go. Maybe you should ease off. Um, I think you might have been cutting out again, but I think I got the gist of your question. I, I think that they. Uh, see, I'm not a huge fan, but I'm not totally against it. Like I think I said uh, the last episode. Um, but I do think the one-off kind of goofy type fun movies. Like I heard that they um, are remaking. Clue, right? It's a fun movie and can get a, a modern twist on a murder mystery. That's fine. Um, the, the Halloween movie that came out last year uh, wasn't it wasn't that bad. The plot holes were terrible, and then I had to look and uh, read that they kind of omitted a lot of the movies in between, and that's why half the stuff didn't make any sense uh, initially. Um, but I do think that. Um, they like like Tia said, they need to be spread out a lot more because I, everybody's catching on that every movie is probably a remake of something else. Uh, and I guess if you like say if you were to do um, a Nightmare on Elm Street, right? The last one was what 2010. It was terrible. But if you were to take a movie that came out in the 80s, 90s, and then waited 20 years to make another one, then you kind of get the 
you know, I can take my son or my daughter or grandkids or whatnot, and you can kind of bond over a movie and have the older person tell them or show them the original, and then they can re- they can connect with this new one. But I do think that they have kind of run their course in a way. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh wow. Um, no, I, I it, it's one of those things where it's like oversaturation is not good. You say that, right? But then in yeah. another vein, think of how many superhero movies, shows, cartoons, comics you're exposed to on a yearly basis uh, since 2008. Because I can tell you now, um, since around maybe 2010, maybe 2012, Marvel started pumping out like 2008, it was one a year. Then they started doing two a year. Then they started doing three a year. Right. Now they're talking about doing four a year, and no one feels that fatigue. Why? Yeah, we, think yeah. they're all, we think they're all pretty good movies, right? We can right. say for the most part they've all been pretty good movies. So the fatigue will never be there. Um, Star Wars, I think their biggest issue was you've hit too many that didn't work. So it's like, all right, mm-hmm. now – as much as I'd love to give you two a year, three a year, four a year shows, I got to kind of pick and choose what I'm putting where. Um, and that's smart. That's smart. I always thought the best thing for Star Wars was you put out three movies over the course of four years, and then you take a break. Not a two-year break, five-year break. So much so right. we forget Star Wars exists, and then we're like, oh, what, what, oh, wasn't expecting this. What do they got for me? Um, and then you come with the home run. I don't think Star Wars works the same way Marvel works, mainly because Star Wars usually isn't like when this episode ends, it doesn't usually pick up with the same characters just in another saga. Like they're doing another saga. Of this. It doesn't usually work like that. So like after, after this series with Rey, it looks like they're done. They're doing new tellings of new characters. Um, and I right. think that's kind of where you sometimes lose people. They would like to see these characters go on as long as you had RDJ or, or Chris Evans. Um, so Star Wars kind of works differently. That's why it's better to space that out um, to the point yeah. you were making, Mike, of, of saying you feel like there's, like there's going to be like a Star Wars movie every other year. Um, that will start to show. Um, I think also what Star Wars is smart, or Disney rather, is smart when it comes to Star Wars. Putting it in December where literally nothing else comes out. So it's like, all right, well, I'll go see it. Even if I don't really have interest, it works. And it works on top of that. Nothing ever comes out in January that people rush to see. So it's like December, most of January, you got that on lock. People are going to go, you know what? It's Christmas, family time, without, oh, Star Wars? Cool, let's go see it. So you're smart in that sense. So it's like maybe that will never get old um, because there's usually never anything in December. Um, So it's just one of those things where it's like, we think that we think the oversaturation of remakes and reboots. It's like, all right, it's just, it's too much. We think that. Right. Um, but then like, you'll get a comedy that kind of feels the same. You'll get uh, an action show that feels the same. Like I, I, I didn't know there were like 30 NCIS. I'm like, Jesus Christmas. <laughs> it's, it's NCIS to me is just like what I thought Jag was where it was just like, how did someone watch this? Like what, what about it is entertaining. And then I look and it's like, Oh, only old people watch these shows. So I'm like, that makes perfect sense. Because um, it's the perfect well, thing. I'm not to that old, man. Wait, you like NCIS? 
No, man. I never understood the NCIS, the the, the, the law and order, and the CSI forensic stuff that everybody in the oh, no. world was just nuts about. I, I never understood it. I am I'll going to put in my two cents. I absolutely love Law and Order SVU. It just got renewed for a 21st, uh, 21st season, and I needed to go for 30 seasons because I need my forensic shit. I watched the first 10 seasons of Criminal Minds. I and one of those people that got cabled just for the ID channel. So, yeah, they can keep coming out with um, those law and orders. As long as Mariska Hargitay is still in it, I'm still going strong. And Look, I understand. Even, I'm the minority in this one. I understand that. More people like it than don't. <laughs> Hell, my wife's watched Criminal Minds the whole series like five times. So, yeah, I, I understand that I'm on the low end of this one. I will, I will say the, the only thing about SVU that was always weird to me is, like, it never felt right, like, watch it. Like, when do you watch it? Like, do you grab popcorn and, and watch how, like, you know, someone was sexually abused and, like, how you have to go find the person? Like, it just never felt like a right time to watch that show. So, like, I get it because I was, I was, I watched it back in the Stabler days with, um, with, with Benson, um, and I think I tailed off well before he left. Um, it just it 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 didn't really feel right, so that's why when oh. Wolf did chick, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll tell you that when uh, Christopher Maloney did first leave uh, after season twelve, I didn't watch it for a really long time. I was like, no, I'm done. I'm done. And I think it was maybe about a year or so ago when my uh, obsession with Pablo Schreiber started to bloom. And I realized that he played oh, a yeah. like really bad guy in season fifteen that I yeah. started rewatching it. And I gotta tell you, the new like they still got Mariska Hargitay, they still got Ice T, and then the new cast. Like I absolutely love the new cast, so it's it's doing well in my book. Um, but I can see that when Stabler first left, anyone who was like a longtime fan was gonna have problems kind of accepting the new characters at first. It needed for you to, like, take a few years away from it. Yeah, hey, Joanne, I got a good but, segue for this, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. How about, how about TV show remakes? Because those are happening quite frequently now. Because mm-hmm. you look at something like Battlestar Galactica, again, that falls under the, hey, the technology is better now, and the writing was much better. And that's why it's considered, like, a sci-fi classic now. And then you got stuff like MacGyver and Magnum PI, which can kiss my ass and go to hell. So yeah. uh, how long until we see like The Simpsons remade and stuff? I don't know. Simpsons ain't ever going off. So that's probably a, a bad example. But it's no, it, definitely I, falling into that same trap too. Of the of, hey, let's just slap a, a name on it and put some kind of gimmick into it, and people will love it, and no one loves it. I will agree with you. I didn't like Lethal Weapon. Never watch an episode. Never will. Trash. Rush it Hour. Trash. That only, it was trash. Rush Hour. Yeah, Rush Hour that only lasted one trash. episode, the pilot episode. Hawaii Five-O. I hated. They did a re, uh, a reboot of, um, uh, what's that famous Denzel movie? Uh, Training Day. Oh, Training Day. Two episodes. So I'm completely you. with you. The thing is, reboots don't work for television. They just don't. Rarely. They don't because something that's supposed to span over just an hour and 30 minutes that you're now making 22 episodes, you have to understand, we don't care enough for that. Like, do you think I wanted to know what, what uh, uh, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan's characters were doing outside of that movie? No, <laughs> no. I, I don't want to know what his everyday life was. I don't want to see 
um, lethal weapon and see every single uh, case that these guys have over the course of 20-something. No, no. And it was just like, wait, hold on. You're telling me you had Mel Gibson at his height, Danny Glover at his height, and you want to give me Damon Waynes and <laughs> some guy I've never seen before? And you'll never really? see again. Thought, yeah, I'm like, you well, thought that's what was going to pull me into that? No, I'm and sorry. They did, uh, and then they did Fuller House that went on for like oh, five God. seasons, which I have no idea yeah, how Yeah, but she got arrested. <laughs> Oh, and then they brought back Roseanne, which was like, oh, oh what did you do? Which then see, we all see, know what happened no. to that. <laughs> see, I think the, the worst difference... one. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I think the the worst, like, reboot, revamp that I saw was, like, Girl Meets World from Boy oh, Meets World. They were so bad. Yeah. Yeah, the only difference I'd give Roseanne, though, and even to an extent um, uh, Boy Meets World, um, is it's not a reboot. Everyone is still there that was there before. It's just now a a, a continuation from where you left off. Um, And it did great numbers-wise. Like, it had a huge fan base. What they have now is a reboot. Um, Boy Meets World. I think they now changed it to Girl Meets World or something like that, or, or yeah, vice versa, yeah. whatever. Um, that is a reboot. Um, you having the same, and again, this is the same argument we had for James Gunn's Suicide Squad. You can't keep same cast members and tell me it's it's it's, it's a reboot. It, it's kind of not. It's just a continuation. Um, even telling me that like, oh, Harley Quinn is just like cameoing it, uh, in it. It's like no, 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 no. Like, things have to be different for it to be a reboot, meaning you can't have the same you had last time. Um, so, to me, it's one of those things where it's like, Roseanne works because you didn't reboot it. You just did a continuation of it. Um, I, I think where you would kind of fall off on is it doesn't seem like Steve Carell is interested in, in doing um, a revival of The Office. So, like, if you did The Office, so you brought Jim, Pam, like, everyone else back, that's not a reboot. It'd be a reboot if you're now telling me, right, it'd be a reboot if you're now telling me, like, Jim and them all retired or or left the company, and it's now a new set of people who work at Dunder Mifflin under Dwight. It's like, no, 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 that's kind of still possibly a reboot. Revivals Um, are cool, but they need to be shorter. Like, I was excited as hell they were bringing X-Files back, and then after, like, about the sixth or seventh episode, I was like, hmm, this isn't working for me anymore. So, yeah, yeah, a revival for, like, a two-hour special or something, I'd be more for than that. Right. To me, I think if you're bringing back a show um, that hasn't been on air for years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, um, and you want to do a fan service, I think what you do is a movie. You do a movie that airs. Um, excuse me. Or you do a two-hour or two-week episodic uh, kind of event to kind of show you where the characters are now or what happened to that one lost uh, mission that they could never get or, or something along those lines. Like, I don't... Like, if you were to revive The Office and get Steve Carell back, I don't know if I'd necessarily want it for, like, 18 episodes because the humor would have uh-huh. to be different because half of what The Office joked about when it was actually live on air, they could never do today. So it's like, I don't want you to strip it. Just give me a, where are they now? I'd love to see what Dwight's been up to. I'd love to see Michael's <laughs> new life with, with his kids. I'd love to see if Jim, um, you know, joined Daryl to do that sports job. Um, so, like, a where are they now is a perfect one-hour, two-hour event episode where you kind of see where they are now. 
Um, but TV, I, I can almost guarantee you, reboots do not work. They just don't. Because you're yeah, taking hi, Murphy a Brown. movie. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That Murphy Brown didn't even get to finish like the episodes that they recorded before they pulled it off the air. It did so awful. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's just it's one of those things where it's like TV doesn't work. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. Um, I don't know if any of you do. I watch all the CW um, superhero shows, like the DC shows. I've always felt like they should never be 22 episodes. Never. Oh, I am for a sure. Huge, That's why I was all I about the Netflix huge, version. Right. I am huge on the idea of I don't like filler episodes because you're telling me that you're taking time away from the fast pickup, slow it down before you pick it up again. I don't have any interest in that. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. That was the biggest conflict. Um, I don't necessarily – I don't know if I can say this because I actually spoke to the uh, the director of one of the Netflix um, Marvel shows. But that was one of the biggest, uh, you know, conflicts is that Netflix wanted it short. The director wanted it longer. Um, and they could never agree. Now, Netflix only had 13 episodes. So for you to tell me you're going from 13 to 8, if that means you're cutting out all filler episodes, meaning I don't want an episode that's just catered to Matt and Karen at a diner for half an episode and you're giving me flashbacks. I don't want that. Pick it up. Pick it back up. That first season well, is where you can get away with fillers. I don't really need it any other time. And that was one of my biggest issues. I'm going to go right to you, Tia. Give me one, just one second. Yeah. That's my biggest issues with, um, uh, with Arrow. I don't need flashbacks once you get out of the first season. Flashbacks, to me, take away from the here and now, and it slows it down because you're now giving 10 to 15 minutes of a 25-minute show because, remember, the shows aren't 30 minutes. They're only 25 minutes. All that makes me um, think is Lost did it better. That, 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 is a, that is a good point. That is a good point. But I kind of just feel like flashbacks are a filler, and it slows the episode because you're now mm-hmm. catering to the past to slowly introduce you to what's happening now. And that's why I, I burned out on that. Supernatural. Too many Monster of the Week episodes uh, didn't really serve any purpose. Yeah, I like the continuous storyline. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, Tia. Go ahead. I don't want to keep keep talking uh, so you forget oh, your point. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I always mentioned Supernatural, and she's going to be upset with me. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. I made, this, I made this sound because I agree with you, Mike. I stopped watching Supernatural after season 10 because I was like, there's so much filler here. And it yeah. got too much. Like, to me, I feel like 10 episodes is the perfect amount. I don't want to sure. say eight because, as you guys know, I'm a huge American Dogs fan. And it's only eight episodes. And I was like, really? That's it? I needed more. But 10, I think, is fine. I didn't Cobra mind Kai the 13. What did you say? I said Cobra Kai was 10. I just had to get my Cobra Kai quota in there. But so like ten or thirteen is fine. I didn't ever mind the thirteen episodes that lay out lay out for the Netflix series. Um, but as you said, Juwan, the CW shows. I should correct you. The uh, DC CW shows because I Zombie, which I'm a fan of, only got nineteen episodes for its second season. The other seasons they continuously only gave it thirteen episodes while they decided to keep the Flash and Arrow on for like twenty two freaking episodes. Um, so that's just kind of like the point I wanted to make that it really depends. But I think 10 is honestly the best one because what was it? Stranger Things is like six episodes. The only time those work are in those like British shows like Peaky Blinders. You can get away 
or like Sherlock. You can get away with like three to six episode seasons just because they're like an hour, an hour and a half each. I think I think it mainly depends on where you are. Like if you're HBO, like if Watchmen came out and was like we're we're only eight episodes per season, I'd be fine with that because it works for HBO. So you know what that means? No fillers. Each episode means everything. Like you can't just go, oh, this is gonna be a slow episode. No, no, no. I can guarantee you, if there's eight, they spent millions. Each episode hit. They all matter. Um, well, that's not how they do it with Game of Thrones. We have six episodes for the eighth season, and about. Three of them have been fillers. Right, but I think with Game of Thrones, I think what they've consistently done since season one is that it's story-based. Like, each episode isn't action-filled. It's story-based. So to me, if you're telling me you're story-based, I'm okay with that. It means it builds up. That's why you appreciate this season and all the battles you've gotten so far, because it seems like it's all built up to this moment. Um, I kind of felt that way somewhat, um, and this is no disrespect, Mike, um, with the Harry Potter series. I kind of felt like they were all leading up to what the last two ended up being. So I was fine to go along that ride. Um, I felt like a lot of it was just story. Like, there's so much dialogue. I'm like, can you spin a wand and talk while while you're talking? Um, Let me see if some (laughs) kind of magic happens. But it was story-driven, and I appreciate it now going back and rewatching them all. Um, of the story that they told. Like, it was super, it was it was really well done. Um, but I kind of feel like American Gods, if you're telling me you're only, let's say, six to eight episodes, it means it hits. They hit. Um, Stranger Things, that first season, I remember my jaw was on the ground, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, did my subscription run out? Like, what happened to the rest of these episodes? It was like, wait, it was only that many? No, 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 no. I need season two now, like today. So to me, it, it all depends on how you do it. But if you're CW, you can't make Flash only 10 episodes. You can't because they take like 80 different breaks. And then they get surprised when it's like ratings are down with the, the, the series premiere. Or, I mean, the, um, the, the mid-season premiere. And it's like, yes, because we forgot that it was off. We thought it ended. That's why no one came back to watch it when it came back. You took eight weeks off. So to me, it's like that's why 22 doesn't work because you're now because giving want, me – go ahead. Because they they want to stretch it uh, for the whole year is what it seems like. Right, and, and when you do that, that means to me as a viewer, someone who actually appreciates these characters, not necessarily the telling of them, but these characters, um, I don't want you to waste my time. Like to me, again – what you've done with the Flash, where you made him so dependent on his friends, it's disgusting. It literally is. It, 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 it's the worst thing I've ever seen. That was my biggest issue with Bale's Batman. I felt like he was so dependent on Lucius and Alfred that, like, if you killed one of them, Bruce wouldn't know what to do. I'm like, no, he is Batman. He is, is it your mission to put down the, the Nolan's Batmans every episode? Every episode. I think so. It's in my contract, if I'm being quite honest with you. It's in my contract. Um, I work one in an episode. Um, but, no, I just I, I don't like when you have a hero who is as strong as the Flash is or as powerful as the Flash is. And it's like in order to get him to phase through a plane, like Iris has to say, like, I love you, Barry. You can do it. And then it's like, oh, I can. Thank you. It's like, what? To give her the powers then. It seems like she's more – secure with, with what she can do and who she is as a person, give her the powers. 
Um, so to me, it's just one of those things when you do 22 episodes, it's just it's too much. Um, but to get back to the topic at hand, I want to talk recasting. This is something that gets talked about at a nauseating uh, amount. And I kind of feel like a lot of the people who complain about recasting are, um, I, I don't want to say confused, but I also think that they're, they're blinded. Um, because a lot of people will tell you, oh, if you started a franchise, like, you can't recast someone in the middle of it. No, you can. And they're like, oh, well, you can't do it in a work. No, you can. It's been done numerous times. Um, I, I still want people to realize, I feel as though Terrence Howard is a better actor than Don Cheadle, and that transition was smooth. It was smooth. I, I, I kind of felt like I missed nothing um, as far as what that character was doing. Um, so to me, once I saw Don Cheadle, like I remember that first Iron Man two trailer where they're um, where they're in Supreme Court or something, and Tony's just making a complete fool of of um, of the people or whatever. Um, Don Cheadle, when I saw that clip, I was just like, yeah, yeah, I like this guy. Yeah, this is cool. And then when you see him suit up, it's like, yeah, I can get behind this. Um, but Terrence Howard, I thought was such a great play off of Robert Downey Jr. Um, but now you look back and you're like, who cares? So that's why it's like, all right, cool. If Matt Reeves' Batman takes place in this this current DCEU, and it doesn't take place in the 90s or anything like that, <clears throat> excuse me, to me, I think you could easily rework Batman into it to where it's like, are you going to have to explain why he's 20 and everyone else is like 50? Sure. But it, it'll work. It'll work. And once you see Batman with the Justice League, no one will care. They just won't care. Um, so, Tia, I'm, I'm going to go to you first. How important are recastings to you, especially if you want to go, if you want to say they're recasting for a production that's already existed? Um, like if, if Batista, Batista really was being like a crybaby and Disney did get rid of him as Drax, um, how put off would you have been going into Guardians 3 knowing that we had a new Drax? I think, and this is something that I felt before James Dunn kind of came back, it's not that maybe I would be necessarily disappointed just because I was so invested in Dave Batista's track, but I would have been disappointed just because of the black cloud that it seemed to have cast over the Guardians franchise and Marvel in a whole. That's the only reason why, because I knew that that at some point seemed like a huge possibility that it was going to happen, that Dave Bautista was going to step away. And I was like, and the reason why he was stepping away was because of James Dunn's firing. So that was the only reason why if he walked away, I would have felt any sort of way. But if it was one of those things where maybe he uh, couldn't get his scheduling down or he just, you know, decided that maybe he just didn't want to play the character anymore, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. I don't think it would have been so hard to get someone to fill the role of Drax. You just get some buff-looking dude to act, whatever. I don't think it would have been that hard. You can get the rock for all I care. Uh, but recasting is interesting because, again, to go back to, sorry, guys, uh, Pablo Schreiber um, and American Gods, he wasn't the original person who was supposed to play Matt Sweeney. Uh, Sean Harris had been originally cast and actually filmed a week of American Gods. There's even uh, somewhere, if you scour the internet, I think I put it in an article once, there's a, 
uh, a picture of him on set speaking with Ian McShane's character and Ricky Whittle's character, but then he had some personal things that he had to do and he stepped away and they threw in Pablo Schreiber. So, and everyone loves him. Everyone loves him as that character. Matt Sweeney was one of the like most popular characters in the show and it's primarily due to Pablo Schreiber's acting. And you may not have ever gotten that if they had kept Sean Harris in the role. So in certain situations it works. I love the fact that we got Don Cheadle now in the MCU. I no offense to Terrence Howard. Um, he's a good actor as well. But for some reason I don't see that he would have continued in the way that he that Don Cheadle had. Um, that relationship that Don Cheadle uh, his character and Robert Downey Jr.'s character, they just work so well with each other. They just meshed so well. Um, there's so, uh, su- such great, like, comedic lines and timing between them that I don't feel that we could have gotten if Terrence had stayed around. So in certain cases, it works. As far as this, the Suicide Squad thing goes, it is a little strange that we we're going to get some actors who came back and then some actors were going to be recast like uh, Will Smith and, or, or is he coming? I don't know. Is he coming back now? I, I forget what the actual story is with him. At first it was, he's not coming back. And then I thought I heard at some point that yes, he is coming back. That's just really weird to me. All that whole thing. Well, no, he, it, it was a scheduling conflict. Um, so they just decided they weren't going to use the character. So he technically mm-hmm. still is uh, Deadshot. Um, it was the rumor Idris Elba was casted to replace him. Um, and still could, honestly. I mean, the report came out saying he's not, but who knows? It's Warner Brothers. Um, I, I think the biggest thing for me was I wasn't that blown away. I enjoyed it a lot. Let, let me say that. I didn't think, I didn't think what he did was bad at all. I didn't think Will Smith was so untouchable that you couldn't get Idris Elba to replace him. Um, I, I, when I heard the news, I was like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. You, you got someone who's looking to do something constant, um, isn't looking for something that's just like, all right, I'm doing this. Now, like, I got to do Bad Boys, got to do Gemini Man, got to do, you know, eight other movies. Um, so I thought Idris Elba worked as someone you could just plug in. Um, Michael B. Jordan was another guy I thought you could just plug in as, as Deadshot. Um, yeah. So to me, it was like I didn't think if you casted Michael B. Jordan or Idris Elba, it would mess anything up. Mainly because it doesn't seem like you're bringing really anyone else back outside of Harley, Deadshot, and Waller. Um, so to me, I didn't think recasting Deadshot was as bad as people were making it. Um, you know, it, to me, and the point you were making on recastings, it's to me the reason why I think Cheadle. Because remember. Remember, your thoughts on Cheadle and Downey, Tia, are coming from, what, nine, maybe ten years of them working together? So it's not like you just saw Cheadle, like, yesterday, and you're like, man, like, I think this could be a great pairing. Like, you've actually seen their whole arc together. I think if you did the same with Terrence, you'd think the same thing, because I thought they were great together in that first one. The only issue was Terrence saw himself as an alpha and Robert, obviously, being the main character, was the alpha. So it was like, no, 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 no. You, you both can't, like, be the alpha in this movie. One of you guys has to kind of, like, take a step back. And it wasn't going to be Robert. Um, excuse me, the, the whole beef between them, Terrence Howard was saying, was that he felt like Robert was the reason he didn't get uh, more money um, that he thought he deserved going forward. Um, so that was the whole beef between the two of them. 
Um, but yeah, I, I'll pass it to you, Dom. Sorry. Um, your thoughts on 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 uh, recasting? Do, do you think it it like affects movies like horribly if you do it in the middle of something, even if it it hasn't started yet? And they decide that they're gonna pull someone and and bring someone else in. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, it looks like Idris Elba could possibly be pay, uh, playing Slade Wilson. Well, we technically have a Slade Wilson in Joe Manganiello. Um, so if that swap were to happen, would that bother you at all, knowing that we saw Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke already in the end credit scene for Justice League? Uh, I don't think that it would taint it as much. As long as the, the recast can do uh, the same or a better job, I don't think it's an issue. Um, I think, like, one of the biggest for me growing up was when, in, like, Fresh Prince, when you had Aunt Viv get recasted, and then Aunt Viv became, like, a super kind of background character, and it, you were like, what, what happened? You had this, like, really strong woman character and then she became like a super like background submissive type and it's one of those things that people always talked about up until now you know what happened um uh and and some people are just i think a, a better fit i mean when you have uh, what was it supposed to be like um leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to be uh supposed to play an american psycho i don't know yeah he, he would have done a good job but i don't know if his demeanor was perfect for that type of role. Um, so, yeah, I don't think, as long as the, the person isn't, like, the the main star of the movie, like with the whole Rhodey situation, Terrence clearly is a known, you know, a known good actor, but he wasn't the star. Now, if we would have saw Iron Man, uh, Robert Downey Jr. get recasted in the second movie, then I think it becomes kind of an issue. But when it's a secondary background type of character, I really don't think that it's that big of a deal. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I was even saying I thought the smartest thing for Reeves to have done that just would have it wouldn't have raised any questions. Just go get John Hamm. Go get John Hamm. John Hamm looks like he is doing nothing with his life movie wise. So it's like yes, John Hamm a hundred percent would play um, Batman until he's like seventy six. He would definitely do it. What else is he doing? So yeah, he should turn like, seventy six next year. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, to me, it's a seamless transition. You're sticking with the same age. You're sticking with the same build. Say, they almost look the same uh, when no. they're fully beard, when they have a full beard. Um, so it was like it worked. Why are you making things so difficult with the rumor of Batman being in the 90s, now with the rumor of Batman being in his late 20s? Why do you insist on making things difficult, Matt Reeves? That's why I turned from loving this guy, from what he did with Planet of the Apes, to despising him for making this such a, a headache of a situation. Um, but, yeah, to me, if you had done that, that's a seamless transition. I don't think I'd even call that a reboot or a, a re-anything. It's just we're, we're moving on. That's it. That, that's all I'm telling you. We're moving on. Um, we're, we're sticking with someone who's the same build, same look, same everything. Um, but, Mike, I'll pass it over to you. Um, how much do recastings bother you? Um, like, is it something to where it's like, if you pick an actor, like, see it through. You selected him for a reason. Like, let's see it play out. Or do you kind of feel like as long as, like, I'm watching the final product and it's good, recasting just doesn't matter? 
you guys keep talking about Cheadle and uh, and uh, Terrence Howard, and I think it's easier to do obviously when it's a secondary character, not the lead in the movie. Like for example, Maggie Gyllenhaal replacing replacing Katie Holmes in Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a, an upgrade, you know. But when yeah. you start talking about some of the ones that didn't work, it usually it's, wait it's not lead look wise. Sorry, sorry, I had to throw that in there. Not look wise. That's fine. Sorry. That's fine. Oh, uh, not look wise. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Then you, I'm sorry. I know I, I said something positive about the about the Nolan trilogy. Sorry about that. Um, then you got something. You got like Julianne Moore replacing uh, or playing uh, Clarice in the in the Silence of the Lambs sequel. Yeah. I can't think of what it was called. Under Hannibal. Hannibal. You know they didn't work out so well. Then you got ones that you didn't even know about until years later, like Michael J. Fox replacing Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future. I mean, sometimes it works out, sometimes it don't. But obviously, when you're replacing a lead actor in a long-running series, that's not always – I can, the only time I can really think that it's worked for a long, long, long-running series is Mad Max. That's about the only one where I think it worked out okay. And that might just be my, my, my Tom Hardy fanboyism. I, I don't know. You know, he can do no wrong. Okay, Mark Ruffalo. I think he's obviously a better Hulk than we'd had before. And but right. again, that's that's been in supporting roles. You know, he hasn't had a lead movie or whatever. But I think the reason I'm okay with this is because I'm a Doctor Who fan, I'm a James Bond fan, and I'm a Batman yeah. fan. And they recast that role every few years. You know, so I, I'm more accepting of it, I think, than others. But for me, if you're gonna make this thing that they're doing now where it isn't necessarily a remake, but you're gonna keep making Sequels to movies that came out 30 years ago, more times than not, you're going to get Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, or you're going to get Dumb and Dumber 2, which was just unbearably <laughs> awful. You know, and, and look at these Star Wars movies that are coming out. They're going to bring Ian McDiarmid back. They're going to bust that guy out of moth, mothballs to come back and reprise <laughs> this role again. So, I mean, sometimes it works out, sometimes it don't. Most times it don't. But I'm just, a, I don't want. 800 I don't want 80 year old Harrison Ford in an Indiana Jones movie that's really what spawned this whole conversation for me it was like dude I love the Indiana Jones movies Harrison is obviously irreplaceable I think Solo proved that and you know unfairly because I had a good time with Solo by the way but it's just you can't be having an 80 Indiana Jones and want me to take it seriously that's worse than when Roger Moore was in his 60s playing James Bond I mean, it's just you, you can't do it so you just got to know when to recast and I think most fans will be okay with it when you sell it to them that way. And by the way, you said Chris Pine for Indiana Jones? No, 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 no. Bradley Cooper, perfect Indiana Jones. Well, hmm. only reason I didn't say Bradley Cooper is because I need him for another role that's similar to that. And what, they call him Nathan Drake. No, they call him Nathan uh, Drake. I need yeah, Bradley yeah. Cooper for Nathan Drake. Shit, um, after I saw after I saw the promo stuff for Rise of Skywalker, I'm okay with the uh, oh god, Oscar Isaac is Nathan Drake. He looked like him in that damn picture with the with the bandana. I wouldn't be against it because like Oscar Isaac is such a good actor. Like I was telling Joel this a few days ago, I was like, as much as I despise Apocalypse, like I think that is the the lowest form of garbage of a movie. It's like Oscar Isaac was not what was bad. The look of Apocalypse is the only issue I had with Apocalypse. It was just like you didn't even try. You did not even try. And I don't even mean you didn't try, like, how Bane looked. So where it was just like, all right, well, like, obviously you didn't try to make him big. Yeah, um, I've erased that movie from my memory, so I, I don't right, remember. But right. hey, back to Nathan Drake, me and my wife for years, and this is just because we've watched Supernatural, we've been about Jensen Ackles and Nathan Drake for years. He basically plays Nathan Drake on Supernatural. He just says son of a bitch a lot more. I, I tell you this. I'd be fine with that if it would get people to stop trying to make him Red Hood 
Um, I'm fine with that. I, uh, yes, I, I'll do it. I, I'll do it. Just to get people to shut up. Like, no, stop trying to make this guy Jason Todd. I think people forget Jason Todd died when he was, like, what, 18, maybe 19? And it's like, no, do you know how old this actor is? Why are you trying to make this grown man a young guy? Hey, what about like, Amelia no. Clark playing Sarah Connor in the new Terminator movie? That didn't work out too well. So it's like, yeah, you need to know when to recast and when to just reboot your series. Terminator needs to reboot. Its continuity is worse than the X-Men movies. It needs to just start over if it's going to keep doing this timeline. I agree, and I thought the the Rock was the perfect person you could get to, sure. to redo it. But according to him, he said um, they offered it to him, and out of respect for Arnold, he was like, "Nah, I can't do it." And I was like, "I wish you did." So like Arnold's last <laughs> like Genesis wouldn't have happened um, if you had just said yes, Rock. Like he's so selfish. Um, but no, I mean it's 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 to the point to where it's kind of just like it, it all depends. I don't know if any of you ever watched Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Um, I can't remember his name, and I, I apologize so much. But the actor who voiced um, uh, uh, Sidious, um, when he passed away, Sam Witwer went from Darth Maul to voicing Sidious, and it was a seamless transition. Of course, not as great as the original actor, but Sam Witwer did an amazing job as, as Sidious. I don't think he gets enough credit for his voiceover work, but the guy is really, really, really good. Um, hey, you know, you've trashed Harry Potter all night, so I'm going to say my favorite recasting ever is Michael Gambon as Dumbledore. I thought he was a way better Dumbledore. Fair enough. Richard I, Harris is just I, like 8,000 really, years old. I don't really <laughs> have any arguments with it, and I'll even say I thought you doing a young Dumbledore um, with uh, Jude Law was a perfect yeah, way good. to go. Like, to me, it's like, who would have thought, like, Dumbledore was sexy when he was younger? Like, I would have. Like, it works. It, it works. Like, in fact, I was like, yeah, I'll go see this. Yeah, why not? Drew Law, sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, And then the movie thing. sucked. What? It did. It, it really did. Thank you. Mike, me and you are going to talk about that movie more when, when we get a, a free second because I really didn't like it. Um, such, such a drop-off from the first one. Um, but yeah, sorry. Let's get back to the topic at hand. Um, recasting sometimes works, sometimes don't work. I will say you brought up Amelia Clark. A role I've always wanted to see her in, and it's been fan casted a million times, so no, this isn't me breaking any news on, on fan casting. Um, she'd be a perfect Supergirl to Henry Superman. She'd be flawless. Too short. I mean, literally flawless. To me, it doesn't short. even matter. Doesn't even, it, it, it's She's like 4 foot 11. Like, nah. To me, I don't mind that, mainly because it's like if I'm looking at Supergirl and I'm like, I want someone who has that toughness about them, someone who I can kind of see stand up. To, to Superman and I believe it it's the lady who raises dragons it's 100% the lady who raises dragons um, that I would love to see in that role um, and she kind of looks like the newer interpretation of Supergirl it'd be better than Melissa ben- Benoist ben- Benoit whatever her name is I, I can never be get behind difficult. that Supergirl uh, it, it shouldn't be you're absolutely right I'm a Smallville guy so give me the girl who played her on Smallville Yikes! We're gonna change topics now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I grew up watching Smallville. I was about it. Uh, listen, Joel just gave me the the, the same the same talk because I told I could never get into a show that was teasing Superman but never gave me Superman. I, I'll never forgive her for that. And what uh, it see, did for me, it was Joel, more about Lex. I was about more about young Lex. I liked that a lot more. I don't blame you. We actually spoke to uh, why did I just forget his name? Um. Michael, Michael Rosenbaum. Yes. Rosenbaum. Yes, thank you. 
Um, great guy. Amazing. He's one of our, our, our drops. Um, I thought he did an amazing job. It broke my heart when he told us that um, uh, Warner Brothers never came to him for likes. It was like, wait, what? Like, their first thought was Jesse Eisenberg. They never called you? He's like, no, they never called me. I would have done it, too. And I'm like, oh, oh, come on now. Wasted. Just wasted. Um, but anyway, I want to get into, excuse me, um, one thing we haven't really focused on, and I guess we have somewhat, but remakes. I want to kind of get back into to remakes. Um, I want to say, I want to ask you guys, what is one franchise that you feel is just purely untouchable? Um, I had this conversation with someone not too long ago, and they told me Ghostbusters. And they were like, well, you see what happens. And I'm like, no, 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 no. The, the biggest reason Ghostbusters failed had nothing to do with them being women, had nothing to do with you giving us a new look on Ghostbusters, had everything to do with the delivery. Everything failed. It felt like a Saturday Night Live sketch is what th- that entirety felt like. Um, and that was one of the biggest reasons it fell flat on its face. The idea that they're now redoing it with younger kids uh, is interesting. Uh, Stranger Things had st- started something that just snowballed worse than 3D. Everyone wants the kid market. Everyone wants it. Um, and we've seen that it works really well. Logan did it well. Stranger Things did it well. Um, it did it well. Um, Shazam, to a degree, did it well. So it's like everyone's going to want this, this new wave. So we got Ghostbusters with younger kids now. Um, and the idea of you making it kind of feel the same way Stranger Things feels, where it's dark, it's eerie, but it has that lovable humor. Um, I'm interested in it. Now, again, I will point out, I was, I don't think I was alive when um, Ghostbusters came out, so maybe I'm not as <laughs> invested in it as uh, some people who grew up with it would have been. Um, but, uh, Tia, I'll start with you first. Um, what is a franchise, and if you want to speak on Ghostbusters, you definitely can, but what is a franchise that you, you just think is so untouchable that if you tried to remake it, no matter the director or actor, it just couldn't work? Oh, it's funny because I, I feel like a remake was just announced recently that I was like, oh, are you kidding me? But I can't think of it right now. Um, but I will say that I almost feel like the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise is a bit untouchable. Just because Robert England did such a good job in his role as Freddy, I think it was Dom who uh, pointed out earlier in the show that the one in, what, 2005, it just didn't work. Um, or 2010, I'm sorry. Whenever that came out with the guy from Watchmen, it just didn't work because it didn't really have anything that even felt remotely uh, like the original Nightmare on Elm Street. So to me, I almost feel like, and they, and they obviously we've seen them do Halloween. They've done Friday the 13th. Uh, they're coming out with Chucky. And uh, the reason why maybe those work is because they're pretty much faceless uh, creatures who don't speak and don't really have a personality. But when you have a creature like Freddy Krueger, who uh, just, you know, that movie was all about his personality I don't know if you can find anyone who would be able to do it as well as Robert England, and it would almost just be a cash grab, and I don't think that they could do it well because, and this is the problem with a lot of remakes of these days, we can all admit that movies that came out about 20, 
30 years ago all had themes to them that would just be inappropriate for this day and age. And we can accept that they were inappropriate, but it's almost if they try to do it in today's age, it just wouldn't work because they would be attempting too much to make it, again, appropriate for the audience now. And so that's why a lot of these remakes for movies from 20, 30 years ago don't often work. So I'm going to say for franchise, Nightmare on Elm Street, and I do have a movie in general, it's not a franchise, just a movie that I don't think that they should ever remake, but I don't know if you wanted to comment on A Nightmare on Elm Street or if you think that it could be remade. Well, no, say your say your other one. I can comment on both before I pass it to um before I pass it to Dom. I don't think that Fight Club should ever be remade. Fight Club was a perfect movie. It was done extremely well with both Brad Pitt and Edward Norton, the way it was filmed, the way that uh, the themes were, the way it messed with your head. I just don't think that they would be able to redo it at all. And I know that probably sounds like, well, Tia, they're never going to remake that. I, I'm sure we've said that about many of the movies that they're coming out with now that are remakes, so you never know. I bet the, the TV year, show year. Uh, yeah, but we're we're gonna make a Fight Club TV show. I mean, you never know. So I feel like that is just a movie they need to stay away from. No, I, I I'll say Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. I just don't don't why don't don't touch it. Um, don't touch it and don't touch it and then tell me like, oh, Edward Norton will be a cameo. Like, no, no, no. It's all disrespect. No. Um, it's all disrespect in the same. Um, as far as Nightmare on Elm Street, I do think in today's time, you could do it over again. Um, I think we have a lot more brilliant minds in the horror genre, um, than we've ever had before. Um, and I think someone could take it and make it fresh. Um, my only issue with it is, I think the problem the last one took is that it tried to make it more modern, and they made him more creepy, but, like, not creepy, like, scary creepy. They made him, like, rapey creepy, and it was just – it was super weird. Um, so I, I think the best thing to do is to um, kind of find a, a spot somewhere in the middle uh, where it's kind of modern, kind of has that old feel to it. Because I know a lot of people, again, I didn't see – I just recently saw the original Halloween. So, like, when this last one came out – excuse me – a lot of people felt like it was – it was a callback to the first one. Like some of it felt like, you know, um, you know, I won't say a love letter, but like a callback to the the original. Um, so, I mean, if you can make that work with, with Halloween, I know Dom was saying there's a lot of um, plot holes and stuff. Um, so which you, you'll usually get in horror movies, a lot, a lot of plot holes where you're kind of like, no, that doesn't make sense. And like, it's a horror movie. Like, relax. We weren't trying to tell a story here. We just trying to scare you. Um, <laughs> so, Horror movies try their best to get away with that. I can guarantee you at some point, Annabelle the doll, at some point in this universe that they built with that doll, something will make you kind of go, no, I think you guys, like, missed the boat here. It doesn't make sense. Um, But, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, I'd say this. If the guy who directed Shazam told me he'd be interested in that. Um, If um, the guy who directed wants to do it, too. Yeah, yeah. So to me, you can do it. I'll tell you something that I thought was a really great kind of scary movie, um, just the first one really, um, that they're rebooting that I'm completely interested in was Final Destination. Like Final Destination made me afraid to leave the house. 
Uh, <laughs> I and I was just like, like I, I now, if anyone, if I'm in the car with someone and a truck in front of me has logs in it or pipes or <laughs> anything, Same. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, you drive around that. What do you mean? Like, I can't. I'm like, well, stop the car. We're in traffic. Stop the car. Like, I've seen That's Final Destination. That's why I will never go into a tanning bed, ever, because oh, of 100%. those movies. A hundred percent. I mean, it made me afraid to cut grass. I'm like, uh, I got to pay someone $30. Dude, I check my, my airplane, like, the, the the tray table, make sure that the little, the little peg doesn't come out when I get on a plane now because of that damn Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. If I'm in a bar, I'm making sure that, like, a plane's not flying over top of me. Like, it made me scared about life. So, to me, right. it's like, I kind of felt No, that like, could be good if they do it right, for sure. Especially with if you're going to yeah. put in, you know, modern technology and social media and stuff, for sure. Oh, 100%. 100%. So that's why I'm kind of like, if you could do a modern take of it, yeah. Like, I, I'm interested. I thought the, the third one, because I think they only went three, maybe four deep, kind of thought where it was, getting, it was getting a little silly. Like, all right, like, the lawnmower happened to hit the rock that popped out, hit someone in the head. Like, all right. The whole NASCAR scene, I thought was just like, all right, you guys are becoming a little ridiculous now. Like the wheel popped off and just crushed the body. Yeah, I think I checked out by that point. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, that's how physics work, guys? All right, come on. Um, But, yeah, I loved what they did, and I was like, I don't think you could really duplicate this. I don't think you could make this any better than that first one was. And then when I heard not too long ago, Blumhouse, I I think it was actually, was talking about they wanted to do it. I was kind of like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I could be down for it. Um, one horror movie I do think you can't remake, um, only because I don't think you could find a more modern way to do it, because I thought the last way was the most modern way to do it, is Hostel. Um, and Hostel wasn't like your typical slasher film where it was like, oh, well, you, anyone could just do a slasher film. No, 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 no. Hostel took, uh, was taken from historical events. That was really happening in the world. Um, and albeit, I think it probably still does. I don't think there's a fresh way to tell that. They did it with the second one, and the second one was just like, you should have stopped in the first one. Like, this is bad. Um, so I, I kind of see your point, Tia. A lot of horror movies are one of those to where you kind of go, you just struck gold there. Like, why? And we've seen it. We've seen it with Jason. We've seen it with Michael Myers. We've seen it with Freddy. We've seen it with um, Leatherface. They just, when they think something works, they're like, all right, we're going to wait a decade. We'll bring it back. And that new decade will appreciate it. No one did. No one does. Just heads up, Hollywood. No one ever does. We, we hate it all. Um, but, Dom, I'm going to pass it over to you. If you want to respond to um, to, to Tia's pick on Nightmare on, on Elm Street, um, or if you just want to go into what franchise do you think is just impossible to remake. And, again, remember, this is your opinion um, I don't want anyone thinking we're saying factually you can't remake it. It's just one of those things where it's like us as fans, we're just like, don't touch it. No, uh, I'm kind of on the same boat as far as the Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, it would be, I do think you could, you know, um, redo it with like the, the new writers and directors and whatnot and new imaginations, but at the same time, the last one was so bad that I'm kind of like, right, it's just put it to rest. I mean, I have a Freddy glove tattoo, like Freddy's close to my heart and then they kind of just ruined That's it awesome. for me that I don't want I don't want to see anymore. <laughs> uh, but as far as like things they shouldn't touch, so the ones that I think that they shouldn't touch that they already have, one is um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
those were like my favorite movies growing up. I'm pretty sure I watched the first one at least 300 times. Uh, I could like yeah. recite it word for word. <laughs> and um, The Crow is one of my, it's like one of my all-time favorites. It's dark and it kind of got me into the dark aesthetic of movies growing up. And I know they had sequels, the sequels were terrible. And I knew that they were trying to have um, Jason Momoa reprise the role. And I think that just leave it alone, the sequels were bad enough. But yeah, Ninja Turtles and, and The Crow is kind of like, just, they, were, they, were, they tried, they didn't work, don't ever touch them again. But of course, I know with Ninja Turtles, they're forever going to make a new cartoon, some kind of movie. But I know that uh, you mentioned, Juan, on the past episodes that like they, they're terrible. Like I don't, I don't know what they're doing, making them like seven feet tall and you know look like Shaq mixed with the Big Show. I don't know what they were trying to do, but they <laughs> should have never done it. <laughs> yeah. Well, first let me start uh, mm. with this, Dom. Uh, you know, you're kind of new to my hate for Michael Bay. Um, so I'll just preface this by saying, um, in my mind, a Ninja Turtles movie didn't happen. I, I don't know what you're referring to. Um, I, I think you're referring to the originals, and that's all I know. Um, so in that case, yeah, you know, don't touch them, really. Um, but no, in, in all seriousness, I do think The Crow, to me, is more cursed film-wise than The Oakland Raiders. Like, it's just, there's yeah. something over that franchise that is just, like, you touch it, you die. And everyone's like, I don't want to <laughs> die, so I'm going to stop <laughs> touching this movie. Um, so, The Crow, I don't think will ever happen, because uh, you won't find anyone better suited than Momoa. Um, right. And if that didn't work, I, I don't think this movie will ever work. Um, and as far as Ninja Turtles, I'll feel the same about Ninja Turtles that I did with Transformers and G.I. Joe. You could do it a billion times. There's only one right way to do it. And so far, no one has cracked that code. Um, I'll give a little bit of credence to Bumblebee. Um, I I really hated a lot of that movie, but I thought they at least got Transformers right. Um, I I still will never be a fan of that many humans in the Transformers movie. I, I swear to you, and listen, I could be wrong. Please, someone correct me if I am. I recall in the original cartoons, they were like, four humans that they showed every time that were with all these different Transformers. That one bugs me, that we have more humans than Transformers. I get it. It's on Earth. It's supposed to be. Whatever. Second thing I have an issue with is why is it in every Transformers movie that Michael Bay either directed or oversaw, did it seem like there were only five Autobots and somehow four billion Decepticons (laughs) in each movie? Like, Optimus would lose a teammate each movie, and it felt like they never replaced anyone. It was like the same four Autobots going up against, like Megatron would come down and go, Optimus, you didn't have anybody that could come out you out? Like, like, I'm starting to feel sorry for you. I have like 30 guys back here. Like, you want to get maybe someone else? Like, it, just, it became ridiculous. Um, so to me, there is a right way to do it, and I think those franchises are too big for you to, to just say we're not going to touch it. Um, it's like Power Rangers. Like Power Rangers to me, I I didn't hate the last one that came out, and I did grow up on Mighty Morphin. Um, I thought Ivan, that Ivan Ooze movie was mwah, beautiful, loved it. Right, right. Um, I will say a lot of it I thought was good. And then you making it an Iron Man costume, 
you making it to where they just say it. There's no actual morphers. It was just like, all right, you, you guys are you kind of losing me here. And then the biggest thing, they're only Power Rangers for like 20 minutes of that hour and some change movie. And it was just like, oh, I hate story building. Like, just morph already. Like, first 10 minutes, I was like, morph. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I get your point in the sense of the originals were just so good. You don't think you could – you don't think anyone can really hit that again. Um, but I will say it's it's possible. It just depends. It, it honestly does. I'll tell you this. I know a lot of people that were against Star Trek um, being made into a movie. And then when they saw J.J. Abrams' first movie, they were kind of like, I'm interested, like, to see what, what else, you know, they do. Unfortunately, they failed going forward. But still, nonetheless, that first Star Trek movie was, was really, really, really good. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like, I guess you keep trying till you get it right. Um, but also just stop approaching Transformers, G.I. Joe, and Ninja Turtles like the MCU. You don't have to world build. They're not right. world building cartoons. Like they're not comics in a sense where you have different issues, different characters that you can pluck in and do solos. Like you doing a solo Snake Eyes movie when I believe – not long after he started with the uh, Arashikage, did he take a vow of silence? So it's like, how much of this movie is he talking in? You know, before you give him the vow of silence. So like a lot of going to be Ninja Assassin. First of all, let me say this: that's the movie I don't ever want anyone to touch again, unless we're getting a sequel. That movie was <laughs> art. That movie was art in its finest form. Okay. But um, let me go to you, Mike, because I could gush about Ninja Assassins for, for years. Um, <laughs> what is one franchise, um, Mike, do you think um, is just untouchable? And I wanted to ask this as like a, a 1B to that 1A question. Um, you watching Cobra Kai, me giving you a shout-out to Cobra Kai, um, do you feel with the success that the show has gotten that you'd be ready if they decided to reboot? Because they technically – I think they already did with Jaden, but we don't count that. That doesn't exist. If they actually wanted to reboot a franchise, now with you seeing the show, do you feel more comfortable? Or is it still one of those things where you're like, just please don't touch it? No, it's perfect like they're doing it on Cobra Kai. They're doing doing what Star Wars should have took this blueprint, and it shows how you can be respectful to the legacy characters and introduce a new cast completely and the fans will accept it. The old guard, old guard fans will accept it. Uh, but I don't want to get into that whole Star Wars thing there. So, um, no, nah, no, it's, it's <laughs> fine like it is. I feel like doing a movie now, you're just going to end up with another Will Smith kid, which was the Kung Fu kid, and, or, or the, that next Karate Kid movie that they tried to make that I don't even want to talk about. Or, hell, pretty much any of the Karate Kids except the first one are kind of garbage in my opinion. But, that's again, that's for another show. Uh, let me comment on everybody else's movies first. Tia, I agree 1,000%. You will never find anyone with the charisma that Robert England had to play that role, and no one's ever going to be able to get past that. So it's not going to work. It will never work. I love Blumhouse, and they want to do it, and I just, I just can't see it happening. I don't see audiences, new or old, ever accepting anyone that is not Robert England. So count me on that one. Uh, what was it? Uh, Ninja Turtles? Uh, let me say this. I grew up on that 1990 movie. That was it. I grew up on that cartoon. Ninja Turtles, I'm talking my bedroom wall, everything – Top to bottom was Ninja Turtles. Curtains, blankets, posters, toys, you name it. It was Ninja Turtles. So when these new ones came out, and yeah, what, how you described them, I'm like, why did the turtles look scary? 
But you know what's so weird? Showed it to my kid. He loved them. He loved both the new ones. And so I'm like, okay, maybe it's just not for us anymore. You know, not making it for us anymore. I mean, they still make these new cartoons for the young kids, and, and they seem to like it. So uh, I think, you know, we can go back to ours, and it's always going to be their kind of thing. But I don't expect them to ever make one of them for us again because kids are the ones that are still buying the toys for those. But, I mean, you know, if I'm being selfish and I'm saying screw the kids, <laughs> yeah, quit making these movies, man. They're, they're bad. They're bad. Uh, I think we all know where I stand on Transformers, although I did have a good time with Bumblebee. What you said about the humans, though, yeah. We don't care about the humans. We're not there to see the humans. I love John Cena, but no, we're not there to see John Cena in a Transformers movie. Uh, were there any more? Were there any more? Uh, Final Destination, I'm uh, for that remake. I'm all for that. Uh, um, for me. Also, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, was there another one that I forgot? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, um, I think Dom touched on the Krell and Tia touched on Fight oh, Club. Dude, uh, well, well, Fight Club, uh, my wife. It says that that, that that movie changed her life, so it's always been like, oh, okay, and I hadn't seen it when when she said that, and so I watched it, and I was like, I mean, I liked it, but I think she like hyped me up so much for it that I kind of expected more, but I, I don't see why they would remake it, but I do see, uh, like I said, them probably bring a TV show on Showtime or some shit next year, because that's, that's what they seem to be doing now, is just taking some random uh, cult favorite movie and just making it into a TV show now, and then not, you know, not understanding when it doesn't do well, because it had a cult following in the first place. Um, the Crow, man, that's, that is one of the most underrated movies I've ever seen. I love it. And, it, you know, now people will look at it and be like, oh, it's too dark. And Teal say she wants to take a nap during it. And I understand. I understand. But, uh, no. hey, <laughs> no, 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 definitely no. seems but, like it's got like an exorcist thing to it where everyone involved with a remake or a sequel has just something bad has happened to them. Did you want to say something to you? I was just going to say I love The Crow. And I only okay. saw it a few I only saw it for the first time a few years ago, and I was like, I really hate that it took me this long to actually see it because it yeah, was. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Um, so, yeah, don't make that assumption. Okay, the only thing that I uh, am uh, against is Ben Affleck as Batman. So, for me, a franchise. Sorry, guys. A franchise that should never be touched again, and I kind of already point this out is back to the future i don't feel any reason for the remake this you'll never find anyone to be a better biff you'll never find anyone to be a better marty you'll never find anyone to be a better doc and they'll probably try to replace the delorean with like a a tesla or something stupid like that it will right. never work it will never have the same charm they'll try to modernize it or they'll try to get really really lazy with time travel like Endgame did and just be like eh, it doesn't work like you think it is and name every other movie that did it and make that think you get a mulligan you can just do whatever you want uh, although that's a controversial opinion, I'll have like 12 people telling me about, well, actually, it makes sense, you know, because we know how time travel works, don't we? Uh, but <laughs> a, a single movie, I think, should never be touched. And I don't know how people feel about old cinema. I think Gone with the Wind is like the most amazing achievement from when that movie was made. And I think anytime they ever try to remake that movie, it is going to be a disaster, and you're going to see a backlash, backlash like you have never seen before. So, uh, yeah, I think Gone with the Wind should never be touched. And it should be preserved and left alone, left the way that it is, and Back to the Future should definitely never try to do that again. And Robert Zemeckis actually has it like in his contract that they cannot – the studio cannot force a remake or a sequel to that uh, without his permission. So you know they're just waiting until he dies so they can do it because you know Universal is all about that. They're, they're wanting to get in on that big time. But uh, long health to you, Robert Zemeckis. Please, please, let's just uh, – let's freeze him or something so he never dies and we never have to see a, an embarrassment that would be a remake or a sequel to that. 100%. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. 
I don't disagree with you on the charm that Back to the Future had. I don't disagree with you on what the characters brought. Uh, I did always picture in my mind that if they did, um, Tom Holland and Jim Carrey um, for this newer generation could bring a charm that this newer generation um, could get on board with. The old guard, probably not. The new guard, probably so. Um, but I, that would I be dumber than remaking A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Listen, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I, I do not disagree with you. I'm just saying I always imagine that casting is what they, where they would go if they did decide to do that movie um, or that franchise over again. I'm not saying I want them to. I'm just saying that's where I thought they would go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, like, I like both of your picks. Uh, even though I will say Gone with the Wind, I thought Mary Poppins would receive a lot more uh, backlash than it did. I was really shocked that it like more people didn't boycott this movie um, from being made because it's just like wh- why were you ever doing anything else with Mary Poppins? Don't do a sequel, don't do a reimagination, don't, just don't touch the movie. Um, so I was really surprised that people. I haven't seen it myself either. Um, I'm just saying I was surprised that I didn't hear any backlash. Um, well, most people that like Mary Poppins are probably dead. So I mean that came out when I was really young, or it didn't actually it was older. It's older than me. Didn't it come out in like the sixties or something? Mary Poppins? Didn't it? Maybe the seventies? Someone yeah, fact check that. The sixties? That's really old. I don't know because isn't the the lady who played Mary Poppins still alive? She looks really good. Nineteen sixty four. Before, right. yeah. Jeez. So I say it came out before Ooh. I was even born. So it was just it was yeah. still. You know, Disney put all their stuff in the vault, and then when it came out in a re-release, it was a big deal again. And I think that's when I first saw Mary Poppins as a kid. It was when Disney Channel was a brand new thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will say as, as far as single movies, because um, franchise, I'm gonna, I, I guess I kind of went with Final Destination as, as my franchise, but it didn't have a successful franchise um, enough for me to, to warrant saying don't ever touch it. Um, but as far as single movies, a movie that I thought we could get Jason Statham and Millie Bobby Brown to to replace, but my aunt who raised me on this movie like was, was going to kill me, um, The Professional should never be touched. It's the Smithsonian. Um, it, 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 is, it is part of history when it comes to film. Uh, it was just such a great movie, um, top to bottom. It just don't, don't touch it. Don't, don't touch it. I did... For days on days on days, I even fan-casted Statham with Millie Bobby Brown. Could you still get the adorability you got from Millie that you got from Natalie Portman? Sure. Um, could Jason Statham be that, that guy? Technically, they did that yeah. movie with Jason Statham. Um, it, that was horrible. So, like, it, it lets you know, like, you couldn't do the professional. Um, Are you talking about the transporter? Oh, I had a good time with the transporter. No, 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 no. Not transporter. It was called Statham. It was the the little girl oh, he had to shit. keep safe. Right. Yeah. I'm a big Jason Statham honk, so yeah. Oh no 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 and no! no. I, I'm I'm not here to tell you Jason Statham is bad. The movie. No, you're right. That, that was, was bad supposed movie. to be. Yeah, that was supposed to be like the professional was bad, and also like Jason, it's okay to sometimes say no. Like the Meg probably should have said no <laughs> to, but whatever. Um, I'm so mad he didn't fight the shirt like this fight. I thought he was. I thought he had superpowers. <laughs> a lot of that movie just seemed stupid. Um. But, yeah, I mean, as far as franchises, I'm honestly going to go completely honest with you here. We know it's going to get remade, but I don't think it ever should have because it was such a futuristic, modern take. Um, the Matrix, 
I didn't love Revolution. Um, I thought it was just anticlimactic. Um, That's trash. But the first That's one. That's what I called it. Re- yeah, no, no, no. I don't disagree with you at all. But the first Matrix and Reloaded, I thought were such good movies, I'm with and you. the action yeah. was great. Yeah. People uh, trash reloaded, like, but I was like, I except for like the last five minutes, I I thought that was a great sequel. I don't know. I agree with you. I agree with you. I actually, what made me appreciate Reloaded more was when Xbox came out with the game and that scene. You remember that scene where he's fighting all the the agents with the pole? Yeah. You could mm-hmm. replay that scene in the game, and I just remember telling myself like, this is like the epitome of like of like gaming right here. Like it was real time. Like it was kind of not expanded but you could fly with neo you could beat up those agents in that scene with me it was just such a great game um matrix i don't want anyone to touch it i don't want michael b jordan to be a, a younger morpheus or a morpheus's son i just think, i got some bad news for you what apparently on the tour for john wick three they, they someone said that they wakowskis were talking about making part four Right, no, they were saying they were part of whatever they were going to do with the Matrix. So whether it was rebooted or a continuation, they were part of it. I don't get why they would want that. Um, Revolutions was just not good. It wasn't. I just rather them just remake Revolutions, just pretend it didn't happen, just remake. <laughs> I'd be more. I'd be more fine with that. But to me, my biggest issue is, like, I I'd, I'd feel better about doing a Matrix reboot or whatever. If I felt like any of the big three that came out of the original trilogy, like, had lost their way, like, they they were doing, like, really sucky movies, and I just, you know, really wasn't keeping up with them. You had one that was the lawyer on Jessica Jones, and I loved her character. You have Keanu Reeves breathing new life into himself with John Wick. You have Lawrence Fishburne just popping up wherever Lawrence Fishburne pops up, just being good (laughs) at it. So it's like they're all still in their prime, and it's like I'd rather you, like, retcon and just do a continuation with those three than to give me something new of a world. I don't think you could get, I guess, maybe you could, their hacking could be a, a lot simpler, like maybe through a phone. It's just, I don't even want to think about it. Just why are you touching this? Like, just leave Matrix alone. I'm like, the Wachowskis were smart enough to make this. They can't make something else? You have to you have to mess with this. I I don't get it, and I just would prefer you not touch it. That the professional. I'd also like to throw in there as an honorable mention. Excuse me, Smoking Aces. I don't think it made a sequel that I was just like, all right, someone got lost in translation here. Well, underrated flick. Very underrated. Such great acting in that movie, and I point this out every time, and everyone goes, really, where? Chris Pine was in that movie and was freaking amazing in that movie. Um, he was one of the Wild Brothers. Um, but yeah, I don't think you should ever touch that movie. I thought it had a great. No, I felt like great, uh, what Ocean's Eleven with guns. I dug it. Yes, thank you, thank you. I thought that was such a good movie, and most of the guys that um, you're kind of like everyone who was someone was in it. Same way you kind of felt with Ocean's. Um, it was just a really great cast, and the ending really got me. Like, I still kind of break up um, seeing uh, Ryan pull out the plugs and then how hard that music hit to really drive that home. Uh, it was just such a good movie. Jeremy Piven was also A+. plus. Um, but, yeah, I don't think that should ever be touched again. Ninja Assassin, thank you, Dom. Don't ever touch that. <laughs> Hollywood, listen to me. I'll burn it all down. Don't touch that movie. <laughs> Give me a sequel first. 
I've uh, never seen you, what you guys are talking about, so I got to look this up. Okay, Mike, I'm going to tell you this. I will never ask you for anything else. Please, at some point, watch Ninja Assassin. And watch it not for I'm about to get the best acting I've ever seen in my life. Just watch it for if you're looking for a really good, I don't necessarily want to say kung fu movie. I think that's maybe, uh, you know, diluting it a little bit, Dom. But it was just such a well-done movie. It reminded me of what Ninja Gaiden would have been if it was like a live-action movie. Um, and it was just so well done. Naomi Harris is in it. Um, it was just a really good movie. I enjoyed it. Should should have gotten a sequel. Never will. Life sucks. Um, also, I want to throw in The Raid. They're making an American version of it. I think they were talking Frank Grillo. No. No. One, I like that I couldn't understand anything they were saying in that movie. And two, I thought the action was amazing. Um, so it's just like you making an American version with Frank Grillo. I think I might be the only person who's just never impressed with Frank Grillo. Um, so not, none of that is appealing to me. Um, but that's all I could really think of as far as um, remakes, like what they shouldn't. I didn't really quickly want. Just one from it. Uh, did we lose Juwan again? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, would you say I'm sorry? Hello? Who are you talking to? I'm sorry. You were oh, sorry. I was talking to Dom. I'm sorry. I was talking to Dom. I thought I said it. I'm sorry. No, it cut out, I think. What'd you, what would you say? Sorry about that. I was saying, um, before we wrap up, I quickly wanted to know one from everyone. What is one remake you want but think probably will never happen? Uh, just one from everyone. I was starting with you, Dom. Ooh, one that – see, okay. I want a Spawn remake, and I know they're talking about it. But I'm not sure that it's actually going to happen, though. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, if the director is uh, – first of all, I just want to make this key point. If you draw and write a comic, that is not, again, is not your right to then go direct it. You're too close. Right. You're way too close. You will have unrealistic expectations to what you want in a movie. It just won't work. It won't translate. That's why I'm like Rob Liefeld could be someone who's on set who's saying like, oh, maybe he would have said it like that or done it like that. But under no circumstances should Rob Liefeld ever direct a Deadpool movie, show, nothing. Um, right. Continue to draw him and write for him. So if this this McFarlane idiot who came into this this project saying he was going to have a million-dollar budget but then casted Jamie Foxx. I'm like, that's that's 2% of your budget right there. Like, he's going to demand more <laughs> money than a million dollars. Um, so just the idea of how idiotic he thinks. Um, no, I, I don't think this movie ever will happen. It should. Jamie Foxx is a great guy. Um, excuse me, to be Spawn, I personally would have um, casted, can't remember his name, but the guy who plays Ghost on um, Power, Amari Hardwick. I, I thought he would have oh, yeah, been a yeah. way better spawn yeah. um, than Jamie Foxx. I kind of feel like Jamie Foxx is another Will Smith to me. He sometimes is just playing Jamie Foxx. Um, mm -hmm. So Amari was my first and only pick. 
um, for for Spawn. But yeah, I could see this movie never seeing the light of day, mainly because they have an idiot uh, for a director. So yeah, sorry, it's very harsh, but I just I think he's very <laughs> dumb in his thinking. Tia, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go to you. What remake would you like to see, but probably won't ever happen? Tia. Did we lose Tia? Hello? Hello? Tia? All right, Mike, I'll go to you to see a kid's back. I'm here. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I had you All guys right, no, on mute. My bad. <laughs> no, you're good. Go ahead. This is just one of those shows, I guess. Um, I, I know this is uh, strange because I loved the first one, and I have no problem with the original movie. It has such a great place in my heart. But wouldn't it be interesting if they redid A Knight's Tale but had Chris Hemsworth in the role that Heath Ledger played? I don't know. I feel like that he would have a lot of fun with that, and it would be nice to kind of modernize that a little bit. Not in the sense I know it takes place in, like, medieval times, but kind of bring it for people now because, I mean, that movie came out, what, like, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I mean, it's been a while since that movie came out. So I don't know. I feel like uh, if they cast uh, Chris Hemsworth in Heath Ledger's role, I don't know, that might be fun. Do they need to do it? No, I absolutely love A Knight's Tale, but I I, I don't know. I'm kind of digging it now that I'm thinking about it. I will be completely honest with you. I, I remember when Ledger got casted as Joker, everyone was like, the guy from Brokeback Mountain? I was like, you saw Brokeback Mountain? I only knew him from A Knight's Tale. Um, so I was just, I was flabbergasted. I was like, wait, it was it was interesting to know how many of my guy friends had seen Brokeback Mountain. Um, hey, that's a like, great movie. Do not knock. Broke I've never Back seen Mountain. it. I've I've oh never seen it. I've never seen it. Like a million it. times. Um, I've only ever heard of it from like people talking about it, and then that Family Guy episode. Um, so like I I, <laughs> I just I've never seen it. Um, now Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be Mysterio. Jake Gyllenhaal is in that with with Heath Ledger. He's yeah. Heath Ledger's lover. Oh man! All right. Well, I might have to sign up for that one. Um, no, but no, I, to to me, a Night's Tale. I I think a Night's Tale can be can be done over. Chris Hemsworth's the the perfect guy. I I would assume you would you would go after. Definitely not his brother. Um, so Chris, yes. Um, yeah. No, I I could definitely see it. I don't. I don't remember what studio owns A Knight's Tale, um, so it would depend. But, I mean, if you watch Thor, you would kind of be like, he could definitely do A Knight's Tale. Um, I just I, I don't know if they'll they'll ever do it. Um, I do want to throw – no, I'll, I'll save mine. Mike, you go ahead. You know, my answer to this question for years was always It by Stephen King, and now that that's happened slash happening <laughs> – uh, both I both love and hate what they've done with it. So I mean, I, I love that it's actually a competent Stephen King adaptation. Uh, but obviously, it, they modernized it and they took it out of the time period of the book that I love. So as a as a purist of Stephen King, I'm I'm not going to be okay with that. But I look at the Pet Cemetery movie that just came out, which was absolute dog shit. And so I'm like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I got to take what I can get. Uh, but my answer to this now, and I think I've actually mentioned on the on this show before, or maybe it was Geek Vibes Live. I don't remember. And I think it could actually happen now that Disney has hold of the Fox properties, and it is Aragon. They tried to make this movie in 2006. Uh, I feel like it's a very approachable fantasy story. It's a, a, a young adult series 
technically, because I, I do feel like, okay, my six-year-old couldn't read it, but, you know, I also think my wife, who really loved this book series, actually got me to read it, and I had a good time with it, and I feel like it's an easy, easy moneymaker, especially since America seems to be dragon crazy all of a sudden, uh, and it doesn't waste them like Game of Thrones does. Uh, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I feel like they could actually try to remake this again because when I went into the theater and I saw this movie, I was like, ah, it's not that bad, and everyone was so mad. I was like, what are you so mad about? And then I read it, and I'm like, holy shit, did they read this? Because it was nothing. It was a complete wasted opportunity. It's a franchise that they just pissed away, and we know that Disney – they're all about making them franchises now, and I really think they could try this again, and uh, they could probably do a much, much better job. Hell, I think with where technology is at right now, they could make this on Disney Plus probably, and it would be pretty damn good. So definitely, definitely think they'll be looking at that property again now that they have the rights to it. Oh, they 100% will. Um, I'd be shocked if we didn't hear an announcement um, by next D23. Um, I, I think it'd be better suited as a um, – a uh, a series than necessarily a movie, but I, I think people would be game for either or. Um, and I think now, like you said, with people being dragon crazy, um, we're now going to enter in a new uh, era for like a, a craze for dragons. Uh, we did it with zombies, we did it with vampires, werewolves kind of like never stuck. Um, but yeah, dragons seems to be something that will probably be the new thing. Um, so yeah, I, I could 100% see that, and I'd be completely down for that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Before we um we we wrap up, I will say my pick is Sin City. Um, the sequel mm. was god awful, never existed to me. Um, that first one was such a classic. It was such mm. a classic. That to me was one of those movies I thought just leapt right off of right out of the comics. Um, I think now that we have such a huge assortment of great actors, um, you could pull so many different names. Like, I'd love to see Tom Hardy in a Sin City world. I'd love to see oh. Vin Diesel in a Sin City world. I'd love to see Jason Statham. Like, all these, these action names, all these somewhat uh, bigger, <clears throat> excuse me, Brad Pitt, I would love to see in, in a Sin Trevor City world. Paul. Um, John Bernthal, <laughs> I would love to see in the Sin City world. Uh, no, in all seriousness, no. John Bernthal would fit fit like a glove. Um, after you've seen Punisher, he'd fit like a glove in the Sin City world. Um, I, I just think there's so many great things you could do with it. I love Mickey Rourke. I love um, Bruce Willis in the uh, in the originals. Um, it was just such a creepy, dark, fun movie. Um, and usually, you don't get all those those words together and it'd actually be good. Um, so Sin City is definitely something. I don't know who I'd like to see direct it. Um, I originally used to always think Zack Snyder um, because of what he did with Watchmen. I think he'd be he'd do a great job doing Sin City. But then, like, I you know saw things like BVS. But you want to be able to know. see it is what you're saying. No, I don't want to be able to see it. That was one of the things that, uh, that somewhat bothered me about Sin City because I'm like, nothing happens during the day. It shouldn't be this lit. Like, you should maybe darken it up a little bit more. Uh, and because everything seemed to be black and white. So I'm like, this is even more reason why it should be a little darker. Um, but yeah, John so just many... wants the guy who did the fourth, uh, uh, no, the third episode of Game of Thrones to direct it. He really doesn't oh, want to see anything. That'd be great. <laughs> and you'd have subtitles on, you'd have everyone whispering. Yeah, that'd be great. 
Um, I will say a little bit of my bias for Sin City is, is my pick is that was the first time I had ever seen Rosario Dawson. And from there, I was like, I'm going to marry her one day. Um, so, <laughs> so, to be fair, that is one of the reasons why that's my pick. And I'm like, Did Jessica Alba was in that movie, and, and that's what you came away yes, with? Yes, she right? was. Yes, she was. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, they did a really good job um, casting in that movie. Um, looking was not. Oh my God! And I can't forget Clive Owen and Brittany Murphy. Oh, Brittany Murphy. And that girl from Gilmore Girls. I don't know her name. Say it again. And that girl from Gilmore Girls. I don't know her name. Hey, look, I dated a girl who made an agreement with me that she would watch a, a certain show with me that was kind of a macho guy movie. I'm not a show. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get into it. And she told me the deal was is that she would watch that with me if I watched Gilmore Girls with her. And then after we split up, I kept watching Gilmore Girls. So it happened. <laughs> oh, yikes. I'm, so, I'm sorry to hear that, Mike. Um, <laughs> but no, the, the biggest reason I was gushing over Brittany Murphy is because um, I had always felt uh, like I told you guys this before. I had always dreamt in my head of getting a Willem Dafoe, Brittany Murphy, Joker, Harley Quinn. Um, and I, I still to this day think the only person who could outdo Harley Quinn, besides obviously uh, the lady who got famous doing the voiceover work, um, who could blow uh, Margot Robbie out of the water, would be Brittany Murphy. Um, and it's just a shame she got taken away as, as early as she did. Because I think she would be our current day Harley Quinn. Um, Margot You're Robbie not the would only not be. one who's th- you're not the only one who thinks that. When I was like, you know, a teenager, all I don't know if you guys ever went on Deviant Art, you know, the site where everyone does like their fan art. Uh, people always use Brittany Murphy's face for uh, Harley Quinn. Imagine, so yeah, she definitely was the internet's like number one choice. I mean, and there was like fan trailers with her in it, and Heath Ledger's Joker. And the the biggest thing, the only reason why Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn excuse me, bothers me as much as it does, is if you ever watched, um, I completely forgot the name, but the movie she Wolf was in with Leonardo Street, DiCaprio, yes, Wolf of Wall Street, like Street. Harley Quinn. Yeah. she so you know sounded she can do it, just like Harley. Say it again? Uh, they, 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 you know that she can do it. They just refused not to because they wanted to do their own thing. That's been my biggest problem with the DCU. We're just doing our own thing. No, motherfucker. Give the fans what they want. All right, sorry. <laughs> sorry hey, no, 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 no. Amen to that because I'm like, Wait, hold on. Like, obviously, you had to have seen stuff from Margot Robbie to want her as Harley Quinn. And I assumed the movie that made you say she's my Harley Quinn was Wolf on Wall Street, where she was literally Harley Quinn. And I'm <laughs> like, like Marvel, when you, you cast know what? Her, we know everybody wanted that Avengers Assemble line in Endgame, but we just didn't give it to people because we're doing our own thing. No, give the fans what they want. God. Right, right, 100%. I know what we're talking um, about next week. <laughs> yes, 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 we, yes, we do. Um, but no, it, it's just one of those things where it's like Brittany Murphy, the way she talked in Sin City, kind of felt like Harley Quinn. Um, the way Margot spoke in in Wolf of Wall Street felt like Harley Quinn. Only for us to actually get Harley Quinn and for us to go, who who is this? Like, is who's talking? Like, <laughs> this can't uh, be Margot Robbie talking. I, no, I thought it was fine. You know that she can do that voice, and they just told her not to, and I just, I hate that. What were you saying to you? I was going to say I really liked Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I thought she's no, a I, great live action, uh, I, you know, 
counterpart. I was fine with her. I kind of just felt like they they handcuffed her. They were like, listen, we know how accurate you, you would like Harley Quinn to be. We're, we're not it. And here's the funniest thing. I never in a million years would have ever thought we would have seen the throwback Harley costume, right? So I'm like, all right, cool. You showed us that. And you showed us that you could have done that instead of the modern look you gave us, which I still don't like. Then on top of that, it was you saying, like, no, 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 we We know about the historical look and sound of Harley Quinn. We just, you know, like Mike said, we do our own thing. And I'm like, I hate you so much. I hated how small the mallet was. I hated the fact that she actually was in the Jester costume and then never wore it besides that, that flashback. Just so much about the aesthetic. Would you be okay if Virgil Prey came out and they just did the hell with it and she was just full on using that voice? Well, I, here's why I'd be fine with it. Elizabeth Olsen, for four movies now, can't decide on if she's American <laughs> or Russian. So I'm like, I, I'd be completely fine oh with my it. God. That was hilarious because like, my mom just rewatched Age of Ultron the other day and she's like, wait, when the hell did Scarlet Witch have this messed up accent? And I was like, uh, I don't know. You know, she had for one movie and then they were like, fuck it, doesn't exist. The weirdest thing to me was the simplest thing for you to do, Josh Whedon. You could have just said they were taken from where they actually were from. Just don't say where they're from, and they could have had a regular – like their regular speaking uh, accents. And I'm like, why you made the, made them talk like this? And who – like once the movie was filmed and cut, who saw it when they gave that first screening? Who saw that and was like, you know what? You know it works? Her voice, like th- that, that whole language, like it works. It's perfect. Sell it. Put it out. Like, no, that's horrible. They both sounded bad. And then, like, I'm watching Endgame, and he's like, girl, I don't even know you. And she's like, you will. And I'm like, wait, where's the accent? I'm like, did did she lose it out of anger? It's it's weird. We got a lot to talk about. When she got snapped away. (laughs) When she got snapped away, that part of her left. That's exactly what happened. Yep, that's why Thanos didn't recognize her. He heard her and was like, no, that's not what you sounded like last time. Uh, (laughs) We had a great show, as per usual. Um, I want to thank you, Dom, Tia, Mike, um, for a great episode. We had a lot of fun. Well, I had a lot of fun. I want to speak for you. Um, (laughs) I can't wait for next week's episode. We don't necessarily know what it's going to be about, but we never do. That's part of the fun. Um, But, yes, uh, stay tuned for um, Top Ten tomorrow, right, Right, Tia? Yes, uh, at 8 p.m. tomorrow. Perfect. Um, Geek Vibes Live will happen probably on Sunday, a weird day, I know, because um, it's Mother's Day and Game of Thrones Day. I don't know which one's more important, probably Game of Thrones. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, your mom's going to be pissed. <laughs> she is, but luckily she only listens to Geek Vibes Live, so I'm safe. Um, just don't tag her in this. Anyway, um, <laughs> we will have an, an episode because there's so much news that came out. We have to talk about it all. It, Spider-Man, uh, uh, Suicide Squad news. Um, so there's so much to break down, so we will. Mike, I never leave you enough time. I made sure I did this time. Please plug yourself. Uh, we have a show called uh, – I don't want to – it's going to sound crazy after you just said Geek Vibes Live, but our show is called Geek Media Core. where Essentially the same format. We just talk about everything that happened uh, through the last week, movies, TV, music, video games, anything that you want to talk about, really. 
uh, as long as it's considered like geeky, it's uh, it's on iTunes. It's on we do it on, we do it live on YouTube. If you want to watch the video version and, and see our, our goofy faces, that, that, that's all cool. Just check out uh, just search for Geek Media Core C O R P S like Green Lantern Core. All right, make sure you guys check them out, and they give you a personal touch because they also go live, so like you can see them. Rather than yes, you can us, see and hear our mistakes live, yes. Right, 100%. 100%. Uh, but no, this show is so much fun. Um, I loved you guys uh, breaking down Endgame, and I loved when you guys were doing the show about your thoughts on what you wanted to see before seeing Endgame, and then seeing almost everything you guys wanted somewhat pan out in, in some sort of way in the yeah. actual movie. Um, make sure you check them out. And also, Dom, plug yourself too, man. Tell them where they can find you. And, you know, give yourself a little quick plug. Okay. Uh, well, I have a podcast as well called uh, Chopping It Up with the Homies. It's me and three of my friends, and the whole premise is uh, the thoughts, ideas, and ramblings of four millennials who grew up hip-hop. So we do uh, hip-hop, pop culture, politics, relationships, philosophical stuff. A little bit all over the place, and it's very uh, – Raw and uncut, so we get you know arguments and whatnot. But it's it's a true friendship. You can kind of see it unfold. Um, but we're also like iTunes, Spotify, and basically anywhere we can find podcasts. And it's chopping up the homies, all one word. You have to show me how to do that Spotify thing because I've been trying to get on Spotify for about three years. Yeah, me right. too. Spotify Spotify <laughs> emailed me and was like, all right, here, go through this channel and Man, we can get you on name. there. And then, like, I looked back, like, a week later, and I'm like, all right, there's nothing. And then they stopped responding to my emails. So, like, I don't know. Something's going on with Spotify. Like, <laughs> don't don't make me come down there, Spotify. I'll do it. Um, but <laughs> that's all we got for you. Make sure you check everyone out on their, um, on their channels. Also, if you forget at all – what anyone had said about where you could find them, come to Geek Vibes. Um, our, our website, our iTunes, you can find everything there. Um, but that's pretty much all we have. I was going to say something else witty, but I forgot. Anyway, um, thank you guys <laughs> for tuning in to another episode of Geeks Against the Green. Thank you for uh, bearing with us in all of my technical difficulties today. And thank you so much, Mike, again for starting the show when I 100% thought I was talking, and then I looked, and I'm like, oh, nope, phone call <laughs> failed. So that was great. Um, <laughs> but thank you again, and we will see you guys same time, same place next week. Peace. Adios. Bye-bye.